Welcome to the Clarity Call, a podcast which provides encouragement and guidance to parents overwhelmed with the responsibilities of raising a child with special needs or has a medically complex diagnosis. Gain an enlightening perspective that helps dispel feelings of fear, uncertainty, or exhaustion as you venture into a life of peace, joy, and clarity. You're now on the Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Hello, everyone. How are you today? Welcome, welcome. I'm Kimberly. And I'm Alicia. And you have joined us on episode 12 of the Clarity Call, Bridging the Gap. If you um, haven't been with us yet, we need you to know that we are sisters. We have kind of joined our lives in this exciting journey to Clarity. Um, If you have been following or um, choose to today, we're excited to have you with us. And we'd love if you'd go and leave us a a rating and review on Apple Podcast or whatever platform you're listening on. And if you choose to, you can also connect with us on social media. We are at Clarity Call on Facebook, The Clarity Call on Instagram, or you may email us at theclaritycall at gmail.com. Yeah, let us know what your thoughts are. Ask us any questions you have. Tell us things you want to hear about on the podcast. We would love to hear from you. Yep, this has been such a fun journey. And uh, as we come out of how we were creating the life you want from our last episode into how we do that by bridging the gap. We're going to start off with a reality check today. All right. I got reality check this week and um, it has been a super crazy week for me. Uh, And I often have crazy weeks. I was going to say every week's crazy week, isn't it? Well, I feel like some weeks I get a little less crazy than others, but this week we had kind of a big um, life event happen where my daughter, my oldest daughter, Bree, she got mono when she was in high school and it um, tagged her immune system so that she now has Epstein-Barr. And um, I'm most people are kind of familiar with what that is, but um, once you have mono, it can make your immune system struggle to where it creates the autoimmune disease Epstein-Barr. And so you can have flare-ups then And it's very unpredictable when they're going to happen, how often they're going to happen. You know, some people get them for, have them for the rest of their life. And some people only ever have a few flare ups, but regardless, she, um, started on her mission having a flare up that she just couldn't kick. And she went about seven months or sorry, not seven months. That would have been really rough about seven weeks where this flare-up just was not getting better, and she wasn't able to perform as the missionary that she wanted to be, nor kind of as that she was expected to be. And so her, um, the people that are in charge of her mission, her mission president is what he's called, decided that she needed to come home. She needed to be done with her mission and so that she could come home and heal. So I found out this past Saturday, um, and you'll be hearing this um, long after this event happened, but, um, I basically, I found out on a Saturday that she would be coming home and she was home on Monday night and we hadn't seen her for over six months. And so it was really exciting to have her come home, but also, you know, very like we didn't have a, we don't have a room for her to sleep in anymore. I mean, like we have a bed and we have a place for her to stay, but we weren't, you know, planning on it. We only had two days to figure out 
you know, where she was going to be. So we're grateful and excited to have her home and um, kind of working through that process right now. She's 20, so she's kind of trying to figure out what's going to come next in her world. And on that same day, she came home on a Monday, and that was the Monday that my Caden started in the early childhood special education program. So it was just a super exciting day to get him on his first bus ride. And we had to figure out how, of course, to get all of his equipment loaded on his wheelchair and the wheelchair loaded on the bus and all of the things that come with transporting a medically fragile child. And, um, you know, his nurse went with him and it just was a very busy day where if I didn't have this work, I probably would have spun out at some point. Um, it makes me just come back to how grateful I am to know that I am in control of my thoughts and my brain and that I get to choose how I felt about all of this. And while it was busy, it was all so full of excitement and joy and didn't feel overwhelming and frustrated like a situation like this maybe was would used to have felt in my life. So anyways, that's my reality check this week. Lots going on. Lots of busyness around my world, but all good, wonderful things. Yeah, that's awesome. And as we bring this episode into um, view, we're choosing to learn how to bridge the gap. Now, when we talk about bridging a gap, um, I kind of, as we were talking about this, had a lot of visuals. And if you feel like you can, you're in a place, you're not driving in a car or something, and you can actually close your eyes at some point and understand this, it it can be very visual and maybe quite healing, actually. Um, so several years ago, I had a dear friend. We have been friends since middle school. Um, so we're talking 30-some-odd years ago. Anyway, we've been friends. And she came into my world. We've just touched base a couple times a year throughout the years. And she says, I want to come and talk to you. And I was out in my garden, and I'm like, okay, yeah, come on over. That's fine. And she stopped by for a minute and was just kind of reconnecting and and catching up on stories. And mind you, at that point in our lives, um, I think it was right around the time that my son was diagnosed with Hirschsprung. So we're, you know, um, same time, high stressors, lots going on, um, struggling in our our marriage of a blended family, just so many complications. And my mind was just everywhere. And I remember saying to her as, as she's saying, but you can just think, you can think through. It's not really like you're thinking it is. And I'm like, no, you don't get it. You just really don't get it. Like your life's, you know, different and, you know, you haven't been through a divorce. You maybe don't have as many children. Like I can't remember the thoughts I was having at the time, but like as much as I love this friend, like she really just didn't understand me, my circumstances, what I was going through, my intensity, you know, my hurt, my pain, my sorrow, like all of those things, there's just no way she could get it. And, and as I fast forward down the road to where I am now, I think, oh man, if I could have really just been able to flip a switch when she was talking to me about this and how the mindset is so key to where we become that bridging of the gap, if you will, um, I would have done anything. I would have done anything to just leap right over there. But that's the journey. You know, it is a journey. It is a process. It is a challenge to do different things, to have different um, goals and outlooks. And circumstances can be exactly the same, quite literally. I still have the same kids. I still have the same spouse. We still have Hirschsprung's disease. But 
I am in no way, shape or form the person that I was two years ago. At least I don't feel like I am. So no, I, and I, I had a very similar experience and I feel like that when you get it, when that flip, when that switch does flip, when the light bulb does come on and you realize you do have control of your thoughts, which means you do have control of your emotions and you do end up having control of your outcomes in your world, regardless of the circumstances you're in. Like that's what we're talking about. That's where you're bridging the gap. So you go from, in my opinion, and from my perspective, being a victim because you're just letting your thoughts spin and you're feeling like no one understands and, but you haven't been through this and you, you are a victim and you go from that to, Oh, I'm not a victim. And I'm actually in control of all of this. Now we got to get something real clear here. Cause as I'm, as we're talking about this, um, if you've been through any form of, of say cancer or, you know, any sort of sexual abuse or struggles, that does not mean you're not a victim. Right. We're talking about a, a mental victimhood versus a physical or circumstantial victimhood. Correct. So, you know, we have to really be clear on that. You know, everyone is a victim at some point to whatever level. Um, it's if we choose to remain in that state of mind or right. not, it, that is a choice. And, and while, you know, I could sit here and tell you all of the things I can have had all X, Y, and Z have happened to me, um, it doesn't mean I have to still suffer from that. So it's your thoughts about those circumstances that make you suffer. And that's what I mean by being a victim. You're a victim to yourself if you don't choose to get out of those thought patterns and create new um, neural pathways and ways to think about things. Right. So um, if you can visualize with me for a second, we all have a brain in our head and going through some addiction recovery courses with um, with our family several years ago, I remember them saying, if we were to take your brain and cut it in half, you would quite literally see what they described as wormholes in our brains. And what these wormholes are, are those um, neural pathways that have been created for good and bad patterns and habits and things that we do. Now, when you are, uh, say, a meth addict or any sort of addict, you have enveloped these very thick, heavy ruts, or begin to, or depending on what level you are doing, whatever that is, like we've talked about to get that pleasure seeking Mm -hmm. dopamine hit, you know, those are creating those. So what we're here to do today is to bridge that, to find a way around or over that wormhole, because we don't want to go back in the wormhole. We want to figure out what it is we need to do to create new neural pathways in our brain. And so we have talked about steps, things that we can do, how we can get there. But if you can really just visualize, as we've talked about, um, you could be at the beginning of this. Maybe you're a lot younger. Maybe you don't have children yet. Maybe you do have children and maybe your first child has special needs. Um, you know, maybe your, your bridge is going to just go over a tiny little river. Maybe your bridge for like, say where I was at the time, 40 some odd years old, whatever, I was feeling like I needed to cross an ocean and I'm still in the, on that bridge. You know, I'm still choosing to bridge some of those gaps, but wherever you are, you have to take the step onto the bridge to create a new path. And sometimes you have to build the bridge as you go, Right. you know, like I, I imagine myself at points in my life on a tightrope and that's my bridge. 
and I have to grab the materials that I need to create, um, you know, ways that I can hold on or put slats down in front of me or, you know, it's, you have to watch for your resources. And that's why we're trying to offer tools in this podcast on this journey so that you feel like you have ways to build that bridge and to get from feeling like you're in a victim mentality to feeling empowered and recognizing the control that you do have in your world and ultimately over your outcomes. So I will just basically, I want to walk you through real quick what we talked about last week on, um, you know, the steps that we want you to take to gain good habits and to reach your goals and to have good, healthy routines. That's what we talked about in episode 11. So let me just remind you, those steps are becoming aware of old negative habits and patterns, right? Awareness is the first step. So just taking that time to stop and think about what you're doing, right? Step two um, is to realize where you're winning. So you have a tendency when you go through this shock of understanding where you have control and where you haven't been using that ability in the past, you want to kind of become hard on yourself. But when you take the time to recognize where you're winning and have compassion for yourself, you're able to move forward in a positive manner. So then you visualize your outcomes that you desire, right? That's step three. You need to get very visual in understanding what life you want to create. And step four is to write it all down. So as you're bridging this gap, make sure you go back to use those steps to creating the life that you want. And that will be ways that you will help you get over this bridge. Right. So we understand that as we're doing this, um, we've all seen that person where, you know, they just seem happy. They seem peaceful. They seem um, more calm and slow in the way that they talk and the way that they um, respond to circumstances. We're like, oh, that will never be me. I'll never get to have that. (laughs) It's part of my personality. But um, that is indeed a fallacy. I, the very first counselor that I ever saw, I remember, um, walk in and this nice trim man with a big mustache, you know, and, and he was so calm and so talking slow and, you know, and I just thought, oh man, where am I here? My world is spinning out of control and I've come into this man who like, how is this ever going to work? Right. And as I talked to him over several, um, Uh, sessions, I remember him sharing with me that he, at one point in his life, was type A, high strung, loud, angry all the time, like all this. And I just remember looking at him like, how? How could you have ever been that person and come to where you are now? Like, that just seemed ridiculous. There's no way that this man I'm sitting in front of now was at one point what I felt like I was in my world. And it just comes through a lot of, he taught me REM breathing. He taught me so many good coping skills. And then another counselor on down the road, I remember him saying, just as soon as you start to come upon a circumstance that maybe you're going to want to go down that same path, just breathe, start talking softer and slower. And those are the things like Kimberly's saying in our step one of becoming aware. Mm-hmm. changing from that excited heat and heat um, field moment to talk slower, 
you know, and, and think about that person that you're trying to become that happy, peaceful person that emulates, um, that persona that people are going to be attracted to. You want to be that attractive person. And when you're more attractive and happy, people are more comfortable in your presence. Yeah, I agree. And just to add on to that, um, you know, when Alicia talks about, um, you know, that peace that you want to emulate that you see in other people, I wanted to be that person. And in the medical world, when you have an emergency happen, you tend to react instead of respond, right? Mm. So, you know, I decided I found myself the other night and kind of gave myself a little pat on the back because Jocelyn was having a pretty big fit like she does. I mean, she's severely autistic and she was having kind of one of her meltdowns and everyone around me wants to chime in and try this and do that. And everybody just wants her to stop having her tantrum. And I was very calm and I used a very quiet voice and that tantrum didn't last nearly as long as they have lasted in the past because everyone around me started responding to how quiet and calm I was reacting to her fit. And it really just brought everybody to a place where we kind of all took a chill pill and just worked through the fit till we found what was working to help her calm down. Right. You know, and in, in other medical examples, Caden has a trach. Um, so if you don't know what a trach is, I've had people tell me as they listen to the podcast, mom or Kimberly or whoever's giving me advice, people don't know what a trach is. And I'm like, okay, well, if you don't know what a trach is, it is an apparatus that goes in Caden's airway in his throat, like on, on, it's on his neck and it goes through his skin into his airway. So you can just imagine that he has this apparatus in, on his neck that goes into his airway. That's a trach and it helps him breathe. So when his trach comes out, it's considered an emergency in the medical world. Thankfully for Caden, he's so stable that it's not necessarily emergent. It absolutely, of course, needs to get put right back in. But before I found this work, I freaked out every time it would happen. And it doesn't happen very often. Or like he has a G-tube as well. So that's a, another apparatus that goes straight into his stomach so that he can receive food and water. And that has come out more often than the trach has, but when they come out, it's considered an emergency and kind of everybody starts freaking out. And I have found that when I freak out, it just makes everybody else around me freak out more. And we're kind of just feeding each other's freaking out. <laughs> and if I stay calm, everyone else around me is calm. We get through it. We figure it out quickly. So it really is amazing to see how, when you try and be that peaceful and have that calm, everyone around you kind of falls in line. And to that point in our relationships, you know, Alicia and I listened to Brooke Castillo from the Life Coach School podcast, and she kind of is a founder of this work that we have found and love. And her husband doesn't agree with this work. So he, you know, and she's, she's fine with him not agreeing with this way of thinking, with this way of living. And you know, my own husband has expressed to me that he doesn't believe that this is how life works, you know, that we aren't necessarily in charge of our thoughts and emotions and, and so forth. And that's okay. Like they get to choose to think and feel and live however they want. And we can still show up in love and understanding and be who we want to be, you know, 
it, it just really doesn't matter how they think or feel. They get to choose all of that for themselves and they can either choose to be supportive of, you know, this work that we've found and chosen or they can be angry or feel however they want about it. And that's about them. That's not about you. Like right. it, it's not about me that, that my husband Jason doesn't agree with this work that I have found to be so beneficial in my life. I can still love him. And I know he still loves me, even though we don't necessarily agree on it. And I don't have to take that energy on. Right. I, and it still helps you become that, that happy, peaceful person that makes you attractive and that makes you want to, to have people be around you. And, you know, we get those, those comments, you know, in the world when, when you're a happy person, people want to be around you. Right. If you're not, if you're a stick in the mud and negative and you suck energy from people, then chances are people don't really want to be around you very much, or they're not happy when they are in your presence, one or the other. And I can tell you my marriage is better. At first it wasn't. At first it was a lot more challenging and I learned how to be, get comfortable with the discomfort that came when Jason and I had conversations about this that were in disagreement. So at first it was uncomfortable and it was hard. And now things are so much better because I have changed because I took control of my thoughts and my mind and my feelings and am worried about my outcomes in my world and not about what he's doing and thinking and feeling. And he gets to be in charge of all of that for himself. Right. And it has made our relationship so much better. Yeah, this is your bridge. You have to remember that. You're not necessarily expected or needing to bring anybody with you across that gap. You are in this journey for you, first and foremost. And regardless of what you're doing and how you're doing it, your awareness, your self-care, your boundaries, all of those things that we've talked about, this is your opportunity to bridge the gap, overcome the old you, create the life you want. And regardless of who chooses to watch you on this journey in happiness or in frustration, you still stay on this journey. You do it for you because when you do that, you're going to be your happiest self. And quite honestly, what other people think of you is none of your business. I love that saying so much. And so moving forward to that, we just need to remember, like we've talked about, um, as we, you know, as we think about, oh yeah, what other people think of me isn't any of my business. I'm going to stay in a happy spot. We need to remember that it is because the happiness of your life depends on the quality of your thoughts. And as you bridge the gap and have positive thoughts, you will most likely have positive outcomes. Regardless. All right. So let's uh, move from the seriousness to the lightheartedness and, and like we do with every episode a would you rather. So are you ready for this one? Yeah. You don't have anything out. So I'm nervous. I'm nervous. (laughs) No, this one just came to my mind. So we're going with it. Okay. Okay. So would you rather have BO that like you BO as body, body odor, odor that okay. you can't control no matter what you do, no matter what deodorant you use or scents that you spray on you. It is always overwhelmingly stinky, just emulating BO from yourself <laughs> or a constant nasal drip that oh. never goes away. Oh no. Ever. Oh. Like 
you take a tissue away from your nose, it's just running again. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm definitely going with the post nasal drip (laughs) because I don't like stinks. I just don't. I I mean, I can handle them. It's fine. But 24 seven, I mean, this way you can just put some tissues in there and walk around with your, like you got to bleed off. (laughs) (laughs) Well, smelling bad's not attractive either. No one wants to be around you. Well, I'm going to tell you, I decided I'm taking. Oh, and we're wearing masks. We're wearing masks, so no one's going to see my nasal drip. So now you're filling your mask with (laughs) snot? Okay, this is not good. Okay, I'm going to choose BO because we have to stay six feet apart anyway. Oh, there you go. High five, sister. We're still in the time of COVID. We're trying to social distance and keep six feet apart, right? So I think that I would rather stink stink yeah well you're close to me right now so i'm saying (laughs) you're saying you want me to choose the drippy (laughs) notes just kidding well it's been fun people go out there bridge your gaps and uh and create the life you want be happy absolutely have a good week everyone You've been listening to The Clarity Call with Alicia and Kimberly. Find additional episodes of the program on any popular podcast app or search Apple iTunes. You may also subscribe to The Clarity Call to catch every episode. If you've enjoyed the content of this podcast, we invite you to share it and please leave a rating and review of our program. If you'd like to connect with Alicia and Kimberly on social media, you can find them on Instagram as The Clarity Call or on Facebook under Clarity Call. They can also be reached by email at theclaritycall at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and supporting our program.